本日のセミファイナル 3WA 世界タッグ挑戦者全勝戦30分一本勝負を行います。Before we actually get started, I wanted to talk to you real quick. Do you guys, did you see the Dexter Loomis, Andy Hartwell shit from NXT this week? No. They're, they're no. Apparent, apparently, like Vince McMahon wants to make NXT quote edgier. <laughs> I, I did hear that report. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. The way that they did that this week was by having、uh, Braun Breaker cut a promo, like a, a pre tape, and he said shit. And then during the vignettes of Andy Hartwell and、um, sorry, Andy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano went in there because Candice Lurie said, What are they doing in there? And Johnny Gargano went into the bedroom and Andy Hartwell was asleep on Dexter Loomis. And Dexter Loomis looked like he was asleep or something. I haven't seen the whole thing, I've just seen like clips of it. And Johnny Gargano like, looked in the dresser and pulled out a whole like, big ass thing of condoms. And he like, turned around and Dexter Lumis was staring at him wide eyed. Amazing. <laughs> so that's their way of <clears throat> being edgier, encouraging、that's、safe fucking, sex. Dynamite's edgy, way、now. of being edgy was、uh, Arn admitting to decades old murder, gun murderers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that their, their way of being more edgy was that they were encouraging abortion since you know, NXT. They're PG. They encourage safe sex. I assume that means AEW encourage、uh, abortions. I mean, don't、MJF、forget the、uh, school shooting references and jokes, too. Oh, yeah. AEW. Love it. I thought you were talking about the school shooting today in Memphis. Oh, yeah. No. I, was say, I don't think that's something we should really joke about. Yeah. No, I know. I don't, I don't think AEW should be joking about that either. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, let's uh let's get this donkey show on the road, I guess. All right, <clears throat> uh, hello, everybody, welcome to Armbar, the 1004th Wrestling Podcast. I am Tatsuliano zooming through the internet as always. with... He is without a doubt podcasting's most enigmatic man of mystery who recognizes no authority in the world. He is the internet's lone soldier who marches to a different drummer who plays by his own rules. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Colt. How's that for our WCW shit, buddy? I mean. <laughs> Cop some Bruce Buffer、uh, dialogue there. Do you mean Michael Buffer? Yeah, I meant Michael Buffer. <laughs> I suppose, were you studying UFC promos? Yeah, yeah. It, this, it, sorry, it, it's time. And we,、anyway. also, we are also joined once again by with Jesse Matthews. <laughs> That's my only contribution to the show. I'm going to. Log off now, and we're here, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about a month of WCW. So, I gotta ask, gentlemen, who were your women crush Wednesdays? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, 
That's who it was, or it's who it still is. It was. It was. Like yesterday? No. <laughs> like 2004. Now, bro, we're talking WCW, but before we get in that, would you guys like, uh, Colt, would you like my latest review of the PS5? Oh, yeah. Hit me up. Uh, too bad it doesn't exist. This is the 1990s. Only PlayStation 1 is out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Let's play Twisted Metal 1. That's right. I, I did. After that, I popped it in my CD player and listened to the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Play WCW versus the world over here. Love that game. <laughs> but anyways, as mentioned last week and previous weeks, we are talking WCW for the entire month of October. The spookiest month of the year gets the spookiest federation of the year. <laughs> yeah. We ain't talking about KAW. We're not going to be talking <laughs> AEW, WWE, TNA, XPW, e- ECW, CZW, GCW, IWA, Mid South, any of that. Yo, this speaking is... XPW, did you see they were coming back? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what XPW November. is. This is the 1990s. <laughs> it was. It was a parasite in somebody's. Uh... Oh, can I pause this real quick? Let's. We should do an ECW month in November and November to remember. <laughs> we can't do back to back months of bullshit. I don't know about. Just not talk about current wrestling for two unless months. I get unless I get a like a break, <laughs> like a month break. No way. We can do December for New Japan. Yeah, hell yeah. And then January we'll talk. Like, hell yeah, uh, I love to talk about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> First things I want to ask you guys regarding WCW. What have you watched this week? WCW is cold. I know you've been watching a lot. Yeah, I watched. um, uh, I watched. uh, Found a playlist on YouTube. It was called. uh, Hold on, I should have had this pulled up. I did, but I was like on the wrong page. It was called Best of WCW, (laughs) (laughs) and it was created by. Let me find who did it. It was oh, it's WCW's (laughs) greatest matches, and it was put together by somebody named Muscle Machine eighty five. I think he's got a picture of Gene Snitsky as a as his thumbnail, but I'm not 100%. It's pretty good. It's got 82 videos. I watched uh, three of them. <laughs> I watched three, watched three matches. I watched a worldwide 1991 taping between Lex and Sid Vicious. That match ruled, by the way. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, fucking Sid did a kip up out of a headlock. He did like the heat. Uh, he was in the head that Lex, Lex had him in like the head scissors or whatever, and he kipped up straight through it. I was fucking blown away. I never seen Sid move that fast <laughs> in my life. The uh, my the big highlight of that match was there was a sign in the crowd. It said, "It's what? It, oh yeah, it said Luger exclamation point. That says it all." I was like, man, what a simple time this was. <laughs> I saw a uh, a great sign in the crowd on WCW show that I watched today. It was during. Um, a match that I'm going to mention later is my favorite match. But there was a sign in the crowd that said, uh, Goldberg, Goldberg fears Todd. <laughs> Hell yes. And this was, was 19- Did you hold that? No, this was 1998. And screenshot, but yeah. I probably should have. You should have tweeted that. Or, yeah. That's awesome. You still can. It's not over. That's true. The world <laughs> Do it is during the episode. Yet. But what was funny about that shitty sign was like Gordon Soley like called it out too. He like read it. And he was like, "That's the that's the like <laughs> phrase of the night, isn't it, folks?" Or some shit like that. I was like, "This is so awesome." <laughs> 
Lex, oh, not Lex. Sid also had like <clears throat> a catchphrase around that time where he was talking about putting people in a stretcher. <laughs> and he would go, I'm Sid Vicious and you're not. And I was like, that sucks, dude. What are we doing here? <laughs> so, Jesse, what That's... have you watched? <laughs> uh, nothing. I haven't watched anything. That's awesome. Yeah. I can go watched, again if you want. You can see random, random clips on, or on Twitter, but yeah. I haven't really. Uh, I haven't really watched anything in the last week or so. So I, I talked to Colt about this earlier, or he and I briefly talked about it. And Jesse, I want to ask you, uh, the hashtag WCW, which stands for Woman Crush Wednesday. The first time you saw that trending, did you wonder what the <laughs> hell was going on? Uh, absolutely. I did too. Like I was talking to Colt about it, and I told him that like I honestly thought I had uh, not heard some major news. <laughs> Like every time that's like trending, you click on it, and within like <laughs> the first five or six posts, somebody will be like, they'll say something about like world championship wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I'm, I just I looked because I thought I'd made that joke before, and I, so I searched my Twitter to be sure, and I tweeted my hashtag WCW, and then I wrote print in parentheses champion is Sting, and I posted a picture of Sting. Uh, with the heavyweight exactly. championship this was november 27th 2013 was when i made that nice. joke. i got no interactions I... with it nobody even saw it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna promote it do it i want to promote um the, the big tweet for the big interview that we're gonna do pay twenty five thousand dollars get that get that promoted see that <laughs> leads to some clicks yeah hell yeah we're going to be famous. Yeah, yeah, well. So I want to, um, before we continue talking about WCW, I want to run an idea by you guys. I plan on sending out a mass, like a big email to Kmart, seeing if they would sponsor a show. Oh, what? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I just want to ask them if I can put their logo on one of the thumbnails for the episode. <laughs> Hopefully we can get uh, some discounts. Yeah. So... We were all children in the 90s. Colt, you did not um, start watching wrestling until 2003, you said? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about right. I didn't have cable, so like I didn't I didn't watch any any really WCW, I don't think. I don't remember seeing. Yeah, I WC might have flipped. WCW was always on cable. Yeah, I might have like, I think I vaguely remember flipping through channels at somebody's house and seeing like a Nitro yeah. and wanting to watch it, but nobody wanted to. So. <laughs> like, I, I was asking because uh, I was going to bring up the WCW action figures, the wrestling figures from back in the 90s. And Jesse, do you have any memories of those as a kid? Um, Which ones are you talking about? I like the ones with the, I remember there were some that I had like the Scott Hall and Kevin Nash action figure and they fucking sucked. There were some that uh, were made by Galoob that were just like about four or five inches tall and were rubber. There were some made by original San Francisco toy makers that were like the WWF LGN figures that were just in a pose, but they were really hard and shorter. And original San Francisco toy makers was the company that made ECW's figures. Uh, the ones you might be talking about are the original San Francisco toy makers vibrating figures. Did you have those? No, they, they definitely were not vibrating figures. The, I remember that. The first ones I ever had was a Sting and Lex Luger vibrating figure. And, and vibrate? What was it? Where are you supposed to put it in your pussy? 
Yes. Seven-year-old me put it in my pussy. Oh, shit. I forgot to do the age math on that one. <laughs> no, you not. Um, how, do you remember what they look like, Jesse? Because like there were some that came out in 1998 that were made by Toy Biz that were really fucking cool. And I don't know if you had like the ones that were just solid plastic, didn't have any type of articulation, had like a little button on the back that did an action. No, they were like six, I guess like six, six and a half inches. Yeah. And they, I think they had the little like thing on the back where like you push it down and their arms would be like. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I think that that was the uh, hard plastic San Francisco toy makers. And like the different cinema figures, when I was a kid, they were fucking incredible. And like when I played with my figures, I never like mingled the the company's figures together oh <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't know, I don't know if it's because as a kid like i knew they were all out of scale with each other or if it's because i was like you know canyon's not gonna go wrestle stone cold steve austin on raw <laughs> he's gonna be wrestling ddp and Rey mysterio on nitro and i'll say this like the when i had my wrestling figures my favorite ones to play with wcw vice were my uh canyon figure like unmasked Rey Mysterio and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Unmasked Rey Mysterio. That's a, did he, was he wearing awesome. jorts? Uh, no, he was wearing baggy camo pants. Oh, I think that might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it would be more 90s. Oh, than- buddy. It was not a great figure. Like, I played with it a lot because at that point, he only had one WCW figure, and it was a shitty, hard plastic one that had no articulation. And I want to see if I can pull up a picture of the figure to show you guys because it was terrible. The unmasked figure because it was it was small. He was hunched over, looked like he had scoliosis. <laughs> and just, like, his, his face was not great whatsoever. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm going to share my screen with you guys so you can see this. And I know everyone listening out there is going to be like, oh, this is this is fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Let's tweet a picture of it or something. So this is the first one he had in WCW. He only had two WCW figures. This is the first one by Rizzo and San Francisco Toy Makers. <clears throat> you see how it says it had a super kick action? Or no, you can't. I haven't shared it yet. But you see how it says it has a super kick action? Yeah. yeah, it did not. What it did is a okay. button on the back, and it just kicked straight forward like it was kicking you in the gut. Oh Kicked man. to the gut action. Yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know it was called a super kick. Try but... me. This yeah. ne- <laughs> this next one is the my favorite of his, but it, it was the scoliosis figure, as I call it. Oh no! Wow, <laughs> those you... are those are those pants are so upsetting. You can't tell from the p- picture that well, but you, you can really look at his body and tell that he's hunched over. Yeah, it was like waist is like way small looking too. He's got like a beautiful hourglass figure. <laughs> like oh, he's he stacking, stacking crates. He's doing the milk. He's doing the crate challenge. Back he then. had this one too that counted as a remasterial figure. It came with the giant and his neck extended up so you can choke slam him. Holy fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> strange yeah but yeah that's when i was a kid those were my favorite figures like i I absolutely love the wcw toy biz figures like the first set i remember getting all of them like the first set had uh sting hogan ddp nash goberg 
Hall and Lex Luger, I think, unless I already said Lex Luger. And there are Macho Man. And there were like chase variants where like Sting was in white and black and he was also in red and black. Hall was in red and black. He was in white and black. And Scott Halls came with a Sting mask that he could put on other people. <laughs> but yeah, if, if those figures are uh, worth quite a bit of money right now. And it's hard <clears throat> to find any that are in package. And if you find them loose, they're guaranteed to be beat to shit. Yeah, Do you have any of your like old figures from when you were a kid? No, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> because when I was 12, I decided I'm about to be in seventh grade. Seventh graders don't play with toys. So I sold every single wrestling figure I had at a yard sale, and I had about 200 wrestling figures. Man, oh. I think that's what happened to my Street Sharks was a similar thing, and I'm pretty fucking bummed about it. I am too. Like, I have a son now who I buy wrestling figures for, and I would love if I had all of my old figures to give him, but I don't. I have none. Yeah. And I sold them all at a yard sale. Did not make shit for them because I was like a quarter a piece, probably. something like that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't have any of them, and it really bums me out because I would I would love to play with them with Cass. Yeah, I have none of mine either. I had like a good forty or fifty, but I don't even know what happened to mine. I never sold them. They just kind of, I don't know. They like grew fucking. A brain and walked away and hid. <laughs> oh my god, Toy, Toy Story, you are you the Indian <laughs> yeah, in the like, cover? Like my collection, like slow, like I went from like 50 to like 35 to like 10. It's probably like all my toys. You probably just had dickhead friends that like <laughs> broke them all or something. Probably. And, you just, and you like suppress those memories. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember the very last wrestling figure I got for Christmas as a kid, as a collector. I was it was Christmas 2002, and I had been bugging my mom the whole year, telling her I need a hardcore Holly figure because I do not have a hardcore Holly. And she got me a hardcore Holly for Christmas, and I'd already stopped playing, so I just like opened it up, looked at it, thought oh, this is cool, and then I put it right back in the box, and then she just threw it away. Oh my god, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. What a, what a, a terrible Christmas memory. <laughs> heartbreaking. <clears throat> yeah it's not a good one but it is what it is so uh something else i want to talk to you guys about is when you think wcw what is the first thing that pops in your head colt you the wall first. brother no i mean <laughs> i think about um i really do mostly think about i just i picture like flashes of like goldberg and hulk hogan um the games a lot mostly like the two i played the two games most of the time uh, i think about the movie ready to rumble <laughs> i love that movie so much <laughs> i think about sting obviously um yeah i don't know just like a lot of free associating like things i don't there's really not like any specific like moments or angles i can ever think about i mean i the i don't know a lot of great classics you know scott steiner promos and late to in the 2000s right before the company closed <laughs> with shooting on rick flair in the ring that's a good one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you jesse uh, I don't know. um 
the first thing it makes me think of would probably just be like Nitro, I would guess. When I think WCW, I think the Four Horsemen. Which version? Which version of the Four Horsemen? That's the question I'm going to bring up. When you think of the Four Horsemen, (laughs) who do you picture? You Uh, picture the original with like Ole, Arn, Tully, Ric Flair, and J.J. Dillon. Do you picture Ole's gone and Barry Windham's replaced them? Do you picture Paul Roma? Do you picture Sting as a Four Horsemen member? Lex Luger? Yeah, brother. Sid Mongo. Like there's what? like there's two main ones I think of. The two of them are the original one with Arn and Oli and Tully and Flair and JJ. And then the second one I think of, or not really the second one, but the equal when I think of the horseman is the uh like the mid-late 90s one and when it was Flair, Mongo, Benoit, and Malenko, actually. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I think of. A lot of solid like, fellow, fellows. That, that was one. like my prime uh, fandom. So that's always think of that. Always think of them and then the original one. The Barry, the the Barry incarnation I watched a decent amount of because I was I binged some of the uh <laughs> old wcw show uh, not the old world class not world class the old like 80s wcw shows yeah. on, jcp on, uh, yeah yeah jim crockett yeah. shit been just a couple of those couple of years of those not actually the full years but i watch you know six months of them or something like see, 85 yeah. see like in my mind four horsemen uh is like like you said jesse it's chris benoit dimalenko mongo rick flair arn anderson and J.J. Dillon, for like a couple of weeks, he was there. <laughs> when there was like six people in the Four Horsemen. <laughs> and like three of them could wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> and before anyone uh, continues on listening to this, there is probably going to be some Chris Benoit praising in this, in this series because he was a hell of a wrestler in WCW. Uh, if you don't want to hear Chris Benoit be praised, then you can skip this whole month. I don't care. <laughs> we're not going to do it every episode what i'm saying when his name comes up <clears throat> it's likely going to be about his wrestling see like when when the end of the 1998 four horsemen became a thing like i was a huge huge fan of dean malenko and i'm not even lying like he was my favorite wrestler at that point i, I don't know what it was about him like I, i've said for a while that sting got me into wrestling and Dean Malenko is the wrestler that made me appreciate the art, art form of wrestling. If that makes any sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, he had... Everyone said he had no charisma, but in my opinion, he was... And I hate to compare these two, but he was like... He was kind of like uh, WCW's Chris Candido in the sense that like Chris Candido's gimmick was that he didn't have a gimmick. <clears throat> that's, and, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. And Dean Malenko's gimmick is that he was the ice man. I mean, he was just like stone cold killer. Yeah. And he didn't really have a gimmick on that. He, he didn't have much, he didn't have that much charisma. But when he was over, he was fucking over. Like when uh, he came back from his dad's like funeral and that angle with Jericho and took the sequel pay thing. Yeah, the sequel pay yeah. mask off. Like I remember being eight years old watching that on my fucking illegal black box. <laughs> and just being happy channel 25 shit. yeah 
I mean, I, I think that he did have charisma. I think that a lot of times wrestling fans will say that somebody doesn't have charisma, like a Dean Malenko or somebody like that. But they do have like a physical charisma. Like you, when they get in there and they're they're wrestling, or when he you know rips off the mask and does like a dramatic you know like reveal, like that's somebody with charisma that it got did, that pop. Like that's what I'm saying. But like, but he his, wasn't like a promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His no, charisma was his wrestling. Yeah. Like he got over because of his wrestling. He didn't get over because of his talking. He got over right. because of his matches with Eddie Guerrero, with uh, Rey Mysterio, with Chris Jericho, with Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. That's how he got over. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like a physical charisma rather than like a, I don't know, like a speaking, speaking charisma. Like a, obviously, I don't know. And now that we yeah. uh, talked about a little bit about Dean Malenko and how amazing he was and as a cruiserweight champion, I want to lead this to the cruiserweight division, which was at one point the highlight of every single episode of Nitro. If you were looking for wrestling, you if you if you watched wrestling, if you watched WCW for the wrestling, you watched it for the mid carters and for the cruiserweights. You did not watch it for the main eventers. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, cruiserweight division. First thing that pops in your head when you think WCW Cruiserweight, Jesse? Uh, um, Rey Mysterio. That's a damn good one because he – go ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember like when Rey and then all over the Lucha Doors came. I, it was like the first time I've ever like seen any kind of wrestling like that. Like this is so cool. You know, like, I was so, like I was like big on like trampolines and tricks and on my bike and stuff. So, like, all the luchadors doing flips and stuff, I thought that shit was badass. And then they did, like, the, the six-man tags on, like, Nitro and shit. Yeah. With all the random Viano 4 and 5 and Hector and all these people. I thought those were, like, the most fun, amazing matches ever. And then and- they would do, like, a <clears throat> they would do, like, a promo, be like, on, on WCW Saturday night, we got a six-man contest. And it'd be, like, six super super low card cruiserweights but i would like make like a prom um like i would like freaking record it so i could watch it like watch it back later and it was like the, the best shit ever like I, I like even just the random like l dandy six-man tags on saturday night i would bugged you always knew when there was about to be a good <clears throat> match on nitro because mike today was doing commentary Yes, at that, at that point, Mike Tenay, Mike Tenay, Mike Tenay, Mike Tenay is what, awesome. I hope he's doing okay tonight. Before he became <laughs> a too. main commentator in WCW, he would only be used to commentate the cruiserweight matches because he was the only person that knew the history of the wrestlers and knew what the movie <clears> was called. He was WCW's Joey Styles. He didn't actively yeah. bury them like Larry Zabisco did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, Mike Tenay was awesome. I loved his commentary. What's your favorite cruiserweight match of all time? If you can think of one. Um, Actually, let me let me let me assume. Like, why is it uh, Blitzkrieg versus Hoovy? <laughs> <laughs> I've not I've not seen that one. I actually watched a, a really good cruiserweight match this week that I'd never seen before. Because I'd seen like the classic. Uh, you know, I've seen the classic like Eddie Ray Halloween Havoc '98 one, but I watched the uh, fall. Uh, whatever. I watched the Fall Brawl '97, um, Eddie Guerrero and Jericho Cruiserweight Championship match, and that one was amazing. It was so good. 
don't know. I liked it a lot. I recommend that one yeah. if you want to check it out. It's on the <laughs> WWE YouTube channel officially. I forgot which match it was and what year it was, but I know it was at a fall brawl because Ray like did a springboard from one ring and then like jumped over to the next set of ropes when they were like up against each other. And oh yeah, Hurricane Ron Yeah, the War something. Games. Set could up. it have, yeah, could have been World War Three? Uh, he probably did cool stuff then. But I'm pretty sure there was like a. Fall it could brawl. have been a fall brawl because fall brawl '97 had the war games like ring set up, so maybe '96 or something. Maybe had it or '98. I don't know. I didn't check the rest yeah. of the card, but that match was awesome. I don't know, super good. There is a great match, cruiserweight title match, Demolingo versus Rey Mysterio from July 8th, 1996. So when Nitro did one outside, it was when NWO invaded, and I believe that is when they threw Rey Mysterio like a wand dart. Oh, into the like production <laughs> truck or whatever. Yeah. That's the classic. Kevin Ash did not want to do that. Ray told him to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's Ray Ray. Yeah, he's a legend for sure. Living legend. Ray Mysterio. Fuck you, Larry Zbysko. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say this about Larry Zbysko. When I was a kid, I thought Larry Zbysko was over because the crowd popped and chanted Larry whenever he did a stupid finger wag gimmick. <laughs> and it took me years until I found out that those were piped in Larry chants and little kids were not actually excited to see the back of Larry Zbysko's head. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but I hated Larry Zbysko like, at the time. But going back and watching, like, just watching Nitro, I kind of like his commentary. <laughs> like it kind of, kind of grew on me. That's fair, I guess. I felt like he did. I feel like I have seen a lot of clips of him like burying the luchadors and saying shit like, yeah. "These guys are not gonna, they're not, they're not gonna wrestle forever or whatever." And they, all these motherfuckers kept wrestling forever. Like they yeah. literally all still do. <laughs> he did do that, that but like, like Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan did that shit too. Yeah, that's so. Funny. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Heenan really was a hill. Larry Zbysko was, was supposed to be the face. Yeah, it's the same. Just, oh, fuck. See, I was going to talk about something with AEW. The future. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's okay, a, another another <clears throat> amazing, amazing Cruiserweight title match. It's a triangle match. Billy Kidman versus Hoovy versus Rey Mysterio at Starcade 1998. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Those were three guys who were over as hell and could work better than anybody in WCW, in my opinion. And it's fucking crazy to think about when you look at WCW crowds in the 90s, they popped for everybody. Like, they were excited to see wrestling. Yeah. Like, it did not matter who you were. You could be, uh, like, I'm going to use them as an example. You could be Dean Malenko. And you would you would get a massive pop every time you came out. You could be Ultimo Dragon, and you'd get a ton of heat every time you came out. <clears throat> because back then, and I'm not going <clears> to <throat> say it's because back then people thought wrestling was real. It might be that might be the reason, but in my opinion, it's just because people were more invested then, and there was less looking at dirt sheets to read about everybody's like personal life and shit like that. I don't yeah, know, man. Speaking I, of uh, yeah. just all the WCW people being over, like, like you could see have like a Jim Duggan versus Big Bubba Rogers match. 
And like Jim Duggan would get like a huge fucking pop when he would come out. Oh, uh, Jim Duggan was over as a and motherfucker. Like, USA, you <laughs> ho, ho. It was always hilarious to me when Jim Duggan would wrestle Hills, get his ass kicked. The Hill would be from America, and the crowd would chant USA. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Hills would go crazy and try to swing his two by four at people. It's the greatest. I have one of his uh, shirts framed, like one of his like eighty, like eighty three, like mid south wrestling run shirts. It's pretty cool. So um, yeah. when when WCW started bringing over people from WWE, the first big one, uh, what not the first big one, the first major one was Hulk Hogan. I think we can agree on that, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's pro- probably fair. Yeah, that's they brought over one. Hogan. They brought over uh, Piper, Hall, Nash, Macho. Not in this order. Macho Man, uh, Lex they, Luger. <laughs> well, I don't count Lex Luger because Lex Luger was NWA before he was WWE. Yeah, but it was still like a big like, hey, look who it is. You yeah, know, he had the big, big like entrance on the first. Yeah, the Mall of America. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to ask you guys about, though, is about one of their big signings. And this signing happened in, like, 1993, I believe. 1992, 93, something like that. Maybe in 91. Let me, let me check real quick before I continue on. Excellent. Dead air here. 1991. Let's... Yeah, 1991, he had left WWE in October 26th, October 26th, 1990, he left WWE, October 27th, 1991, the Halloween Phantom defeated Z-Man at Halloween <laughs> Havoc 1991, the, Hall- the Halloween Phantom was, of course, Rick Rude. Just brought over Rick Rude, who spent the rest of his career as a professional wrestler in WCW, spent the next three years before he was injured in a match. And what I want to know, Jesse, you might be able to answer this better than Colt. No offense to Colt. Jesse, do you believe that WCW had, uh, like, that Rick Rude was a better deal in WCW, a bigger deal in WCW than he was in WWE? Was he a big, well, he was obviously, he was pushed way more in WCW. Yeah, I mean, he came in and, like, pretty much immediately won the United States title. Yeah. And he had the weird, like, WCW, WCW, like, national title or whatever that was. Yeah, the the International World Championship when Ric Flair took the title. They had, like, two world titles, and it was fucking all kinds of weird shit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, he was, like, the world champion, but not really. (laughs) He was, like, their universal champion or something. In my opinion, WCW uh, made Rick Rude bigger than he was in WWE. Like, in WWE, he was – I hate to use this. I hate to really say this about him. But in WWE, he wasn't ever going to be the guy to beat Hulk Hogan and have a year-long title reign. Oh, yeah. No way. In WCW, he could have – maybe not a year-long, but he could have won the world championship in WCW and held it for a bit feuded with sting feuded with jake roberts feuded with ron he could have been the person to beat ron simmons for the title 
but he got injured as everyone is well aware in a match in Japan uh, against Sting because Sting did a gigantic dive and uh, yeah he did a giant dive and Rick Rude caught him and at that point New Japan was kind of on a platform and Rick Rude's back hit the platform broke his back and he had to retire after that he finished the match won the match won the international world heavyweight title but yeah he was the he was do you know, do you know how old he was when that happened um, let me look that up real quick. It, was it 19- had to be. I bet he was very young. This was 1994. Like all things considered. Anyway, yeah. Very young. 1994, he was 36. Yeah, that's very young. Really. Man, that's, that's so sad. Or no, he was actually 35 at this point when he retired. No. Yeah, see, he could have wrestled for like a long time longer. If he oh, didn't yeah, for sure. Because even when he was retired and he popped back up in uh, WWE and ECW and then later in WCW, he was never out of shape. Yeah. Yeah, he was beautiful. When uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Chris Jericho. It might have been someone else. But he did the Rude Awakening in WCW to somebody on when he was helping Kurt Henning win a match. And the crowd popped so fucking huge when he hit that. His finish was a neck breaker. <laughs> it wasn't anything great. It was like a it was a neck breaker that was that looked painful because it was a reverse stunner. He made the reverse neck breaker look good. Yeah, that's a that's a good especially with the his <laughs> flourish, shall we say? Wasn't that was actually him doing that rude awakening was probably about when he was thinking about coming back to wrestling right before he died. Unfortunately, yeah, he. Um, he that was passed away in 2000, I believe. 1999 and 2000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1999. And in 1999, he was training for a comeback. Yeah. That fucking sucks, man. That's so sad. And, uh, yeah, like, he he was 40 when he died of heart failure, which, like, I'm not, like it was apparently mixed medications why he he passed away and everything, but like forty years old is way too fucking young. And it's I hate to really phrase it like this, but it's it's a blessing that there are that the wrestler the wrestler deaths that happen these days nine times out of ten it seems like if someone dies it's because they are just really old. Yeah, luckily, yeah, that's true. There's still a lot of semi-early deaths a lot of a lot of guys in their like 60s now but yeah it's it's definitely a lot better but he he did not leave uh wcw in a great way like he just he was just gone and do, do jesse do you think when he was training that he was thinking i'm gonna go wrestle in wcw or do you think he was thinking all right it's been two years. I can forgive them for Montreal. I'm going to try to make a comeback in WWF. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what he was thinking because even if he did come back, would Vince let him come back after he fucking like turned his back on Vince and went on Nitro in the same time? Hell, he could have gone to ECW and had an actual match. He could yeah, have yeah, for sure. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have let him back to the WWF if they never, you know, let Moch back. 
not in 2000 for sure 99 yeah i feel like rick rude i think he definitely would have went to ecw and at least you try to use those matches to like springboard into back to wcw yeah it, like I think he could have he could have had a good run wherever. Like I could have seen him coming in the WWF in 1999 and feuding with like Val Venus, <laughs> or even like doing an angle where he's mentoring Val Venus. That'd be Maybe amazing. he would have fit in really. He would have fit in really good in the Attitude Era, yeah. honestly. Especially all his promos calling everybody fat sweat hogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, before we get off this final final thing, do you believe WCW had him as a bigger bigger deal in his in their company from 1990 to 1994 than WWE had him when he was there in the 80s and right into 1990? Yeah, because in WWF he was like a mid carter at best, and as although he didn't win like the world title in WCW, I feel like he was still like one of their main guys. Yeah, like he was on the top of the card stuff. Like like you said, wrestling Sting and all the other top guys in WCW. So now that we talked about how WCW handled Rick Rude really well, I want to ask both of you guys: Who do you believe WCW dropped the ball with the most? I feel like that's the easiest answer of all time, right? It's got to be Bret Hart. <laughs> See, I actually disagree with that. Oh, interesting. You don't think that waiting like forever after the screw job and then having him show up and being like, not this time, Mr. Bischoff or whatever. <laughs> I think that then, was And stupid. then losing some matches. <laughs> I think like that, that was stupid, but I also think that was Bret Hart just being a, a drama queen and not wanting to wrestle because he was so upset. I, I bet he would have wrestled. I, I I don't know. I I think I'm on Bret Hart's side for like for I love Bret my Hart. Whole life. I I absolutely love Bret Hart. He's an amazing fucking wrestler. One of the greatest of all time. But I I don't know. It's weird. Like I just I don't know if I really don't know if he didn't wrestle that first couple months because he didn't want to, or because they were just like, I mean, we don't really have anything for you to do. He came in in, July, in November, and his first match was January, and he beat Ric Flair. And then he didn't wrestle again on TV until March, where he beat Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I don't know. I feel like they could have handled him a lot better, based on what I know <laughs> of the of the era. I know Eric Bischoff has said that, uh, that yeah, they might not have had, like, the best ideas for Brett, but he said, like, not one time did Brett be like, hey, I got a good idea we can do. Like, I think it was kind of a, a mix between both of them. But, like, think about it. Like, you bring in Bret Hart, and to in fans' minds, there's all these dream matches they want to see. They want to see Bret Hart versus Sting. They want to see Bret Hart versus, like, Diamond Dallas Page. And the first feud he gets is with Ric Flair, and then a second is with Kurt Henning, and then Macho Man, and then Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, come <laughs> on, man. It's all his friends, bro. It's and all the, his those, friends. And the bad part is I I enjoyed all those matches. Like, his match with, with Macho Man, I fucking love that match. His match with Kurt Henning, uh, 
Like his matches with Kurt Henning in Uncensored 98, I fucking love that match. His match with Ric Flair sold out 98. I love that match. But like that's not what you want to see when you bring in the biggest name in professional wrestling. Like imagine if uh, if like at that point WWE had stolen not stay and still Bret Hart, but if WWE had gotten Sting and instead of putting him in matches with like Stone Cold or The Rock or Triple H, they put him in like random fucking matches, like teaming up with Val Venus and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta protect him, brother. Or to use it as a better example, imagine if they if they sign Scott Hall and they bring him in, his first matches are with fucking like the Sultan. <laughs> but, but to be fair, the Sultan and Ric Flair are not the same. I know, but I'm saying like you don't, you're not paying like as a fan, you don't want to see him wrestle guys you've seen him wrestle 10 years prior. Like you want to see him wrestle guys that he's never wrestled before. Like as a fan now, I look back on that and I think I would have wanted to see him wrestle Jericho. I would have wanted to see him wrestle Eddie Guerrero. Ray Mysterio, but like when I your was your main kid, man, Dean, did he wrestle your Dean yeah, he, Malenko? He, he did wrestle Dean Malenko. Well, that's good at least. But like looking back at it now, I think about that. But as a kid, I was one of the people that was just like, he's wrestling Ric Flair. Hell yeah. He's wrestling Macho Man. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I was excited to see those matches because I was fucking eight years old. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. But, but what are y'all's picks then? Jesse, who do you think they dropped the ball with the most? I, I don't know if you can count this really, but um, because it's really not, I don't know even know if it's WCW technically or if it's still NWA or whatever, but I think it might have been WCW still when uh <laughs> when fucking Ole Anderson told Mean Mark Calloway <laughs> nobody no he would never like or nobody would ever pay to see him or some shit oh man like that. I think that honestly, I think that's like worse than the Bret Hart thing. <laughs> See, like, I, I know that they couldn't just give, they didn't have the idea of the Undertaker gimmick, but what if they did? What if the Undertaker was in WCW? Be crazy. Wasn't there a, a time where he almost jumped? Yeah, they were trying to get him in the NWO to, when they were like Nash was trying to get him to jump in the like 99 or some shit or 98. But uh, so my my thing, who I think they dropped the ball with most, is Kurt Henning. And I say Kurt Henning because he came in and was a baby face when he came in, joined the Four Horsemen, and then beat the Four Horsemen to smithereens at Fall Brawl, turned his back on them, and became yeah, a I, member. I, I did not like that. Became a member of the uh, NWO after that. As a part of the NWO, he did not do much. Like, I wasn't thinking Kurt Henning was going to be world champion, but he could have. I mean, I, from to my knowledge, they weren't allowed to let him do anything gimmick-wise that was close to Mr. Perfect. But they could have done something more than just been like, this is Kurt Henning. <laughs> like, he came in and... You know, he was over. He was a he was a fucking amazing wrestler. They could have had him be higher up the card, but he 
his biggest accomplishment was he held the, the U.S. title. He held it for three months before he losing at the DDP at Starcade in an amazing fucking match, but that's not the point. Like, he beat Mongo for it. And to Mongo. I feel terrible saying this about Mongo because of all the health issues he's going through. Now, Mongo is not a good professional wrestler. If there's anybody in the world that would tell you that Mongo was a great wrestler, they just feel bad for possibly talking shit about a guy who's going through such health issues right now. Mongo is not a good wrestler, but he was the United States champion. <laughs> and Kurt Henning held the belt and he, he fucking defended it. Like he defended it weekly on Nitro and on fucking WCW Saturday night, which at the time in 1997 was not the show it used to be, but was still had great matches, as you mentioned earlier, Jesse. Yeah, it was still a good show. He Thunder hadn't came along and ruined it yet. He defended that title like it was the ECW TV title, like it had to be defended every week. Or the WCW TV title. Because that title had a stipulation where it had to be defended on every single television show. (laughs) Yeah, I I personally think he was mistreated, especially merchandise-wise. There was never a single Kurt Henning t-shirt besides the West Texas Rednecks Rap is Crap World Tour 1999 (laughs) shirt. He never had a wrestling figure besides one shitty solid plastic one like the Rey Mysterio one I showed you earlier. He was just mistreated. Like I'm not like I said, I'm not saying he could have he could have or should have been the world champion, but I don't think he ever fucking wrestled for it. Like yeah, maybe I mean, maybe why, he wrestled why, why wouldn't he have been the world champion? I mean hold on who else let me I gotta look down I'm curious. Okay no he he did uh, challenge for it a few times against Goldberg. And at Bash of the Beach 1998, Goldberg beat him in three minutes and 50 seconds. Oof. And I, under- I understand completely. Goldberg was untouchable at that time. But this is fucking Kurt Henning. Yeah. I mean, you could have, they could have found some time for him to win it. I mean, like fucking Hulk Hogan and, and Sting and like <laughs> Paige, like all bounced that title around. They could have found some time to put it on Hennig for sure. I don't know. It's like I'm looking at Kurt Henning's matches on Cage Match and at Spring Stampede 1998, which I remember that pay per view because that is when Macho Man beat uh, Sting for the world title. Kurt Henning defeated Kurt Henning defeated British Bulldog, which you know that match could have been a damn good match, but he beat him in four minutes and 48 seconds. Four fucking less than five minutes. Yeah, I don't know what about right. was that. What was the date for that match? Uh, it was Spring Stampede, nineteen ninety-eight. Oh, well, ninety-eight. Well, I mean, Bulldog was getting pretty fucked up around yeah, there. This this pay per view, an amazing fucking pay per view. You had Goldberg versus Saturn, which to me this was Goldberg's first real challenge of a match because it went eight minutes and Saturn had a ton of offense in. Ultimo Dragon versus Chavo Guerrero Jr., which like the Wrestling Observer gave four stars. Booker T versus Chris Benoit for the TV title, which the Observer gave three and a half stars. Kurt Henning and British Bulldog, which is the stinker of the whole show. We're not really the whole show. Chris Jericho defeat Prince Iakea in like 
three and a half, three and a quarter star from Wrestling Observer. Lex Luger and Rick Steiner versus Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner, which could have been something had they given it some time, but it was less than six minutes long. Six minutes long. Scott Steiner just beat the hell out of his brother on national fucking television <laughs> pay-per-view and they give this match six minutes. That's so sad. And then the random cruise rate match for no reason, Psychosis versus Laparka. I bet it was awesome. Probably. NWO, Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Ash versus Roddy Piper and the Giant in a baseball bat on a pole match, which I do not remember what so fucking I re- ever. I remember that because I think that was when like the bat was like super fucking high up on the pole and like nobody could get it. Is that when that was? That's so Maybe. funny. That's awesome. I know that's happened a couple of times in WCW. I don't know if that was one of them or not. I want to ask you this question. What is the biggest shocker that Hulk Hogan did not have himself as the main event on this pay-per-view or that the match after Hulk Hogan's match was Raven defeating DDP for the U.S. title? I wonder why that happened. I wonder why that was the main event. I mean, that wasn't the main event. The main event was was Macho Man versus Sting. Oh, what I'm right, saying right. is that Raven's match went after Hogan's match. Because <clears throat> he just Did, wanted uh, to get out of there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe he just wanted to leave early. I think they were tre- they were hoping that match would just be treated as like a, they're probably not going to get any crowd reaction because everyone just popped huge for that Hogan-Nash-Piper-Giant match. And they got to bring the crowd down before they bring them back up for Macho Man versus Sting. Oh, well, well yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely why that that it's definitely why that match was there but i just was just saying why hogan and nash wasn't in the main event was probably just because hogan wanted to leave early yeah and what do you remember most about raven's run in wcw jesse i don't know but before that i just want to say i think kurt angle shouldn't have joined the nwo or at least not so soon I oh, think you, he you, hold on, hold on, hold on. you mean kurt henning yeah, Kurt Henning. You said Kurt yeah, Angle. But, well, Kurt Angle. He should have joined the NWO too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right <laughs> but, choice right there. Yeah, but Kurt Henning should have just uh, – I think he should have stayed with the Four Horsemen for a while. Yeah, he definitely should have. He would have been amazing with the Four Horsemen. Hillman, Chris yeah. Benoit, the tag team going for the gold would have been fucking yeah. incredible. That that would have been some badass shit. I think when he joined the NWO, it kind of like secured his spot on the mid card. Yeah. I think if he would have been like just stayed a face and stayed with the horseman, I think he would have been up a little higher, maybe. There was a point where if you came from the WWF to WCW, you could almost guarantee you were going to be in the NWO. Yeah. Like Brian Adams was in the NWO. I cannot tell you a single match Brian Adams had as a member of the NWO, but he was there. He was a part of it. Okay. Um, the last time I did like a re or like a rewatch, like the first two years of Nitro, I saw that like VK Wall Street was fucking in the NWO, and like yeah. I had no memory of that at all. So was Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I think they booted him out after very or very quickly, but I, I didn't remember fucking IRS being in the NWO at all. Yeah, if you look at if you go to like a Wikipedia page and look at the all, NWO's all time roster, it's insane. <clears throat> and I'm not even talking about the 2002 run they had. I'm talking about just like 
in WCW between 1996 and 1999. Three years, they had like 80,000 fucking members. <laughs> Including Virgil. Yeah. Vincent, security. Vincent, that's right. And wasn't the wasn't the original implications of the NWO that Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase was like funding it like when he yeah when when he yeah. when he came over it was that he was the money man so funny I think they called him <laughs> billionaire Ted yeah they they called him no I think they called him trillionaire Ted because billionaire Ted oh yeah because they, they try to one up yeah the yeah, fucking yeah WWF thing. Oh yeah. So like, I think they really did call him trillionaire. Say That's it. so funny. <laughs> that is kind of funny. But yeah, like that that little storyline, like, yeah, I don't think that lasted more than like a month of him being like the money man behind the NWO. Yeah. But I, they like talked about it when he first came there, but it only lasted for a few weeks. Quietly dropped it. <laughs> yeah. Let's he ended up just standing around. <laughs> So, like, like I asked earlier, or before we talk about that, like, when you think of Ravens WCW run, what do you think about? I think of um, being a kid and being like, how the hell does he, like, demand to have his own special kind of matches? <laughs> like, like, what's a Ravens rules match? And all it was was, like, a hardcore match. Oh, it was the ECW <laughs> rules match. Yeah, that's basically what it was, ECW rules match. And just the flock sitting in the crowd and me hating sick boys. Like who is sick boy? He okay. sucks. Okay. I have a funny thing about <laughs> sick boy that I always think about whenever I think about sick boy or whenever I play WCW interview revenge, I cannot remember the match. It happened. The date, the year, nothing. It's probably 1998. Actually. I believe Raven was walking to the ring or it was another member of the flock and sick boy was coming out with them. Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko were putting over Sick Boy, and Bobby Heenan just goes, you know, what kind of mother would name their child Sick Boy? <laughs> <laughs> and Tony Schiavone goes, well, Brain, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's his real name. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan just did not say anything. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> See, when I think about Raven, I think about his matches, and I think about his amazing feud he had with DDP and Chris Benoit in 1998 where they had just like triangle match after triangle match over the US title where Raven finally won it and then lost it the next night to Goldberg tough scene tough scene shitty is what it was his the vignettes they did where he was like the rich guy were, were pretty funny I saw some of those or at least one of those yeah, with um, it's like Canyon, his like, yeah, yeah, with Canyon and, and Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. Just <laughs> I, I'll say this: cool. as a nine-year-old ECW fan, when Mikey Whipperant came over, when <laughs> Sandman came over, I was beside myself. I was fucking happy. Granted, Mikey Whipperant did not do much. Um, Sandman did not do much. Sandman, I think his first feud was with Bam Bam Bigelow. And he was immediately put into their hardcore division, which they didn't. They didn't even have hardcore division at that time when all it was they like had just a bunch of random shit in the ring, and like the wrestlers couldn't even do like moves to each other. It was like the ring was just full of just 
stupid garbage. They were just random shit everywhere. Yeah. There was like fucking 15 garbage can lids in the ring. Couldn't even walk. (laughs) It's funny that I feel like nobody really looks fondly back on like WCW's hardcore division. Oh, we're going to talk about the hardcore division there in a bit. Like later on, it got entertaining, but I, I just didn't like those hardcore hack matches. Oh, like yeah. The ring was just full of shit. I it's really trash. Like the, core, garbage. the best thing that WCW's hardcore division gave us was when Terry Funk got kicked by a horse and no sold it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> worth it. That was worth <laughs> it. Like, how fucking tough is that old man? He's a tough bastard. So, I want to ask you guys this. What uh, Colt, you can go first since I'm, I'm sure you have plethora that you could talk about. What's your, is your what is your favorite moment in the history of WCW? Oh man, definitely the one where the uh, the bloodbath just completely misses Kevin Nash and he <laughs> loses his shit. No, um, ah, that's a great question. Could it be when La Parca defeated Macho Man here in Memphis? And La Parca took his mask off, and it was DDP the whole time. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't see. I don't remember that one. Could it be a that moment? Was cool. Could it be a moment that I remember that I cannot find video evidence of because it's not on YouTube for whatever fucking reason? Over in the Wolfpack, we're trying to persuade DDP to join, and he teamed up with Conan on an episode of Thunder, I believe. And Conan came out wearing a DDP shirt, and DDP came out wearing a Wolfpack shirt, and the crowd went fucking crazy, and nothing came from it. <laughs> Amazing. I like that you like Mandela affected that into reality. Oh, I did not. That shit happened. <laughs> I like the watch uh, every thunder until you find it. Yeah. I like the uh, the moment where Hulk Hogan gets like a is it a like a present or something? And he gets it's like his own head, like a terrible weird cast model of his head. Oh, and yeah, he like freaks like the out. Warrior thing or the I, warrior I, feud. I think that was in that. It might have been the warrior feud. I thought it was some of the sting mind games, but it was yeah, that's a good one. I, it also, been, I don't know. the wall, the wall thing that Hogan did was good. <laughs> it's, like, it's the wall, brother. It cuts. <laughs> He's standing like <laughs> two miles away on top of a hotel. Hulk Hogan's fucking eagle-eyed vision sees this motherfucker. It's so funny. Are you sure it's not when uh, Hulk Hogan was kidnapped by the Dungeon of Doom and he went and put his hand <laughs> in the water? He went, ah, it's ah, not hot. It's not hot. There's no Hulkamaniac. Uh, There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> it's another thing he says in that segment. Dude, I remember watching that live on fucking Saturday night. I, don't, I guess it wasn't live, but I remember That's... watching that on Saturday night when it happened in like Walnut, Mississippi in a hotel room. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. It's the greatest segment. Yeah, fucking Dungeon of Doom, baby. Like a lot of people shit on the Dungeon of Doom, which like, looking back at it, it was super campy, corny wrestling, but... Dude. Being like a nine and eight year old, fucking at the time watching it, dude, I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. Oh, it is. I bet it was perfect then. That's the perfect yeah. age to be for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Like the Taskmaster was fucking a scary monster. <laughs> I have a gift. I have like a link to a gift saved of like the giant and uh, Hogan spanking Hogan or something. I don't remember <laughs> when that happened, but it's pretty upsetting. I'll find it, share it later. Yeah, they gotta gotta see that one. 
Like, I don't, what was the Dungeon of Doom little headquarters thing even supposed to be? Was it like another dimension? There's supposed to be Kevin Sullivan's sex dungeon. Oh, makes sense. God damn it. I'm trying to find this fucking match that definitely happened. Oh, Colt share screen. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Look at it go. Just smack, going to town on that ass. Smacking man. it. Smack that ass. What a All weird, right. weird thing. We Don't love call it. that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so your that's your your absolute favorite memory. Uh, God, I don't know. I used to watch videos of like the Sting entrance at Starcade '97. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> like my uh, favorite memory has to do with Sting. It happened September sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Sting came out on Nitro, unadvertised, and cut a promo where he turned his back to the hard cam and talked directly to the fans and said how for years he's given his blood, sweat, and tears to WCW, and they don't give a shit about him anymore. He didn't say that, but that's pretty much what he was saying. And from that point on, he was no longer wrestling for WCW. He was wrestling for himself. And that is when he started acting as the crow sting and just became the most over he had ever been in his entire fucking life where like 25 years later, he's still thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane that he's like his legacy of cosplaying as the crow has like lasted way longer than the actual movie, the crow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he stopped talking is when he got over. <laughs> I'm always surprised at what he sounds like. I forget it every time. And they start talking. <laughs> This pure 80s baby face energy. Yeah. Surfer dude sting. Shit. Oh. So, sorry, I'm trying to find something. Finding something. Um Finding something. Detective Jesse, Todd. what is your what's your favorite moment? My favorite moment in WCW history is clearly when Hulk Hogan murdered a man by throwing him off the top of a building in Detroit, <laughs> Michigan. Rest in peace, Paul White. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's who it was. Yeah. Yes. Man. And they had a monster truck sumo showdown. Man. I can't think of what that building's called. Something, something hall. <laughs> the Budokan Hall, I believe, actually. It's in, it's in, Jap- it's in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> It's in Japan. <laughs> and it was a seven star match. Tokyo, Michigan. <laughs> but uh no, that's that's not my real answer, but I love that though. It's one of my favorite memories. <laughs> um no man, as a cliche as it might be, it's my favorite moment in WCW is just being can like I, a can I guess can I guess? Yeah. When Scott Hall walked down the stairs well, yeah man that that's it I, I was like 10 years old and i was watching i watching that just watching nitro and then all of a sudden fucking razor ramon come out because razor ramon up to that point had st- already been one of my favorite wrestlers and then him coming through the crowd like, you say oh, that oh. but i remember you telling me that as a seven-year-old you were happy when one two three kid beat him no i would i was because i was like 
such a mark because I didn't. He's like, he wasn't supposed to win. He's one of the guys that just gets beat up all the time. <laughs> like I still love Razor Ramon. I was just shocked. I was shot. My seven-year-old mind was freaking blown to see a one-two-three kid win with a moonsault. And um, let's talk least favorite. I'll go first for this one. My least favorite WCW memory is when Ed Ferrara decided to start dressing up as Jim Ross and called himself Oklahoma and made fun of Jim, Jim Ross's bell, Bell's palsy. And he yeah, brought fucked up. He brought That's in so Dr. Fucked. Death, who was going to be a main event star in WCW, I guess, and then sucked in WCW like he did in WWF and then didn't do shit. Fucking fuck Ed Ferrara. Fuck that. Yeah, didn't somebody try to whoop Ed Ferrara's ass? Oh, I know, I know what I'm thinking of. Jim Cornette. Like spitting Ed Ferrara's face and trying to fight him. Like that's because awesome. of that, shit. that happened. Yeah, because yeah. of the cat, yeah, the fucking yeah. Oklahoma shit. That's so it's like I feel like up. that's awesome. Jim Cornette did it, but I feel like he shouldn't have been the only one that did that. Yeah, yeah a lot of was, people should have been pissed about that. Yeah, somebody should have did that. Like somebody else should have did that, but Shout out to Jane Z. <laughs> Jesse, what's your least favorite WCW moment? Oh man, my least favorite WCW moment is um can I take a guess? <laughs> sure. It was when uh Kevin Nash walked from behind and he said, look at the adjective play. <laughs> 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 no, that was that's the best. <laughs> that was, that was another top moment, man. Um fuck, I can't even think. Probably one that stands out is um doing the stupid finger poke of fucking doom. Oh my Made god. So mad. And yeah. it like ended the wolf pack. That's like when they joined back together. And I love the wolf pack so much. And then there, Kevin asked, like, you bunch of fucking idiots. We played all y'all. There's a like, weird oh, thing. So there's a weird thing online where people will put down the Wolfpack and say that they weren't really over. Anybody, they're out of their fucking mind. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know the Wolfpack was over and I wasn't even, I wasn't even well, temporarily that was, watching. That was, like, that was like the most Lex Luger has ever been over when he yeah. was hanging out with Kevin Nash and Conan. When he decided to stop wearing trunks and start wearing black Wrangler jeans. Yeah, hell, yeah, so cool. <laughs> that song was wrestling all with time. fucking high point ponytail and black jeans, and he stopped taping his biceps. Like everybody shits on like Hall and Nash beating Goldberg with like the cattle prod with Hall, but really, I, I thought that them ending the streak that way was you know they could have been better, but it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. I just think the uh, the follow-up with Nash getting poked and then losing the title, I think that makes it a lot worse. Yeah, that makes it way worse in retrospect. And then the fact that yeah. they didn't, that Goldberg never made it to the same heights again, like after that was yeah. really the beginning of the end in a lot of ways. They just let him flounder around and wrestle goobers and break his arm or break his, like, <laughs> almost kill himself, like trying to break open a window or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> The weird thing about, um, you know, him winning the title and then losing it to Hogan 
is that everyone, for whatever reason, everyone believes that happened the next night. It was a week later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know That's why. Still very soon, though. I know, but I don't know why people think it was it happened like that fucking next well, night. Was it announced the next night, or was like it? Um, like was the match set up the next night, maybe, and people just kind of confuse it. No, if I remember correctly, uh, Hogan came out like the the world title match with um, Goldberg was December twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Starcade for whatever fucking reason was always like the last weekend of December. Yeah, it was their Christmas show, baby. Yeah, and then the next night was he had the big celebration. He and Scott Hall reunited on TV. And then the week later was when he wrestled Hogan. And if I remember correctly, Hogan came out on that show and said he was coming back out of retirement and wants to challenge for the title. And in between that, though, he actually Nash defended the title three times. If you can uh, believe that. (laughs) Or no, he defended it it, uh, twice. Sorry. He defended it against it in two house shows, which is the biggest shocker, honestly. <laughs> December, yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. Two days later, he defeated Bam Bam Bigelow and Goldberg, and then the next night he defeated Bam Bam Bigelow and Goldberg. I can almost guarantee you who took the pin in those matches. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Fucking Bam Bam was another guy they dropped the ball with. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like he got the ball dropped on him like in a lot of places, to be fair. Yeah. Every everywhere besides uh ECW did not know how to fucking book him. Yeah. What a bummer. But yeah, um I mean Oklahoma's my least favorite moment. Cole, yeah, what's your least up, man? What's your <laughs> least favorite? Fuck them. My least favorite moment is uh that's when a little a little fella called Shane McMahon showed up on that show. Oh, that's a good that's a good one, dude. That's a really good one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go really extreme on this and say that oh. just the end, the actual end of WCW. Uh, I mean, just ruined wrestling in North America for twenty something years. Yeah. So that, that's not a joke. Like literally, millions of people yeah. stopped watching. Um, yeah, it's like I mean, not I even the Shane part. Like when Nitro came on and Vince was on. Yeah, that, yeah. That the only the only funny thing about terrible. that was that he publicly fired uh, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> and then he cut the and then he cut the promo in the ring where he was like doing a thumbs up, thumbs down to who they should hire. And oh, he said, man. "What about Sting?" And the crowd went fucking crazy. What about Goldberg? Crowd went crazy. What about Buff Bagwell? Crowd went crazy. And I think there were a few people that. He asked, and they didn't do shit. Like, he didn't ask about Shane Douglas. What about Lash Larue? <laughs> <laughs> what about Primetime Elix Skipper? Oh yeah, that should have gone high up for him. But yeah, I mean that's kind of a joke. But like, I don't know that or the, uh, honestly the finger poke that, of doom. So that, uh, it, that's Gold, actually a really good one. Goldberg. I I, I do think Goldberg punching that car window and like fucking his arm up. It was like really oh, bad. I, I, know, I know a good one too. And this is also uh, Goldberg kicking Brit in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And the subsequent follow up of. But I don't, like, I don't really consider no that to be a WCW moment. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's not like they planned for that. <laughs> if they did, woof. <laughs> Bret Hart should be owning AEW at this point. 
<laughs> I don't know what that is. We're in 19. We're in 2001. We're about to watch WCW Greed. That <laughs> <laughs> is true. Uh, so you talked about the finger poke of doom and Goldberg losing to the cattle prod. How would you have booked Goldberg losing the world title? Or do you think it was booked perfect the way it was? No, it wasn't booked perfectly, but I think it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. I think um, in the perfect world, I think Goldberg would have lost to DDP. At Halloween Havoc? Havoc. Yeah, yeah that he would have yeah. lost to DDP with a diamond cutter. That was a great fucking match, and the crowd would have went ape shit if, if DDP yeah, won. Absolutely. Yeah, that would have made that, okay, solidified DDP as like an extra super stop star. I mean, yeah, that would have been good. That's another thing that WCW did really well were face versus face matches because the fans, like as over as Goldberg was, Goldberg was not more over than DDP. Like the crowd would not have been upset if DDP won. No. Real people's champion. Yeah, I mean. There was plenty of people chanting Goldberg sucks. Yeah. Nobody was chanting DDP sucks. I, I don't think <laughs> him losing the title the way they did, I don't think it was shitty, but I don't think it did him or Nash any favors because it, it didn't make Nash look strong and it made Goldberg look weak. And How do you make Goldberg look weak? I don't think he made Goldberg look weak. Because he had to get shot with a fucking cattle it, prod. Blues. I don't mean it made him look weak <laughs> in the sense that he was electrocuted and that's how he lost. I mean it made him look weak in the sense that he never got a come up and like granted that could have been because he like almost killed himself on the fucking breaking of limousines windows, but like I just can't believe that derailed his he, whole career basically. He never came close to sniffing the world title again. Yeah. And he should have been a guy that, yeah, that that's dumb. He should have been a guy that was like multiple time world champion. He had three title runs in WCW, a US tag team with Bret Hart and the world title. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they've really dropped the ball in the second, like the second phase of his career. WCW like, dropped the ball with Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, they really did. I, I honestly believe that. But you know, I want to whatever. talk. About, I want to talk about one thing real quick because this just popped in my head. It popped in my head earlier, and I forgot about it. But for some reason, it just popped in my head again. I'm really glad it did. When DX invaded Norfolk, Virginia, and they went up to the gate. And Billy Gunn and Rodi were knocking on the gate, trying to get let in. You remember that, Jesse? Yeah. All right. On the Monday Night Wars DVD, if you remember, <laughs> Kevin Nash has asked about it. And he says, as he's pulling into the building, he sees the, the Jeep and he goes, I think that's DX. What that tells me is that either DX were there planning that shit at like one o'clock in the afternoon or Kevin Ash showed up for a 7 p.m. show at like 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, it's definitely the second. I, th one. <laughs> I think that was like earlier in the day. Even still, though, there would not have been that many fans there at 1 p.m. It's not like WCW shows were general admission. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They papered, they papered some how, tickets, but they didn't. How much did you pay for your tickets to Nitro? I fucking got them for free. It's like, did you pay for your tickets? Hell no, I got them for free. And what does WCW do? Suck ass. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> they're at a nitro show with Raw like fucking an hour away or something. Yeah. So funny. And at least another question, like after that, that's when uh Eric Bischoff was challenging, challenging uh Vince McMahon to fights. Colt, what say you? What are the odds you think Eric Bischoff would have had of in that fight? I have a, and I have a very strong opinion about this too, Colt. That's so why I didn't ask you, Colt. you get it that's, right. That's why I didn't ask you first. <laughs> Listen. Before you say let me say that I'm Eric a, Bischoff has gone on the record as saying that he thinks Vince McMahon would have beaten the shit out of him. While he was under contract with WWE, I'm pretty sure that's what he said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he true. might have said it in his <laughs> WWE released autobiography. <laughs> Man, so first of all, let me just say, like, I, I think that those segments are cringy as fuck. Yeah, they <laughs> I, I, I think him challenging Mr. Karate Fetish challenging Vince to a fight. Obviously, that motherfucker's never going to show up. We're just wasting everybody's time at this point. This is stupid. <laughs> this is a stupid segment. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know what Eric's karate training was, I, but if he was trained by Ernest the Cat Miller, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. I think that was his kid's karate teacher. Yeah, that's how Ernest Miller got a job in WCW. So funny. That's how DDP got a push too, being neighbors with him. I mean, Vince was in way better shape, obviously. Like he was fucking jacked to the gills, but I don't know. I mean, that's is a hard. This is toss up. I think it ends in a draw. I think it ends. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm gonna go Eric. I'm gonna go Eric by like a a quick like surprise kick or something. Yeah, that's what I think. It ends with this man getting his head kicked off. (laughs) Yeah. 100% 100% Eric Bischoff would have beat the fuck out of Vince McMahon. Yeah. He's like a black belt for real. He used to do like fucking karate co- like competitions and shit. Yeah, that's true. And sure, everybody's like, oh, well, Vince McMahon's crazy. But I just like picture like Vince like running up like this, trying to like grab him and swinging <laughs> yeah. his arm. Just and throwing. Just like jumping back and fucking sidekicking him in the fucking face. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I think even Scott Hall or Kevin Ash had talked about how. Yeah, they like, say that. I think they're just saying that because they're fucking buddy buddy with Vince. No, but what I'm saying is, they, I think they're forced, yeah. what I'm saying is, it's not that they said Vince would beat his ass. My thing is that it was funny because I think Kevin Ash was interviewed and he said that Bischoff came to him and it was like, if Vince McMahon shows up, I need to know that you guys will have my back. And Nash was just like, no, <laughs> like I'm not gonna try to beat up Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? What the fuck? <laughs> that's that's crazy, Eric. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a wrestling show. This is fake. What are you doing, what, brother? Well, let's say, well, what would they have, like? What? How would it even have happened? I know there's no chance it ever would have happened. But would event just like showed up in his limo and fucking like knocked on the back door? It's like, oh, Vince is here. Somebody let him in. Yeah. Brings this way, Vince. <laughs> get him out there. Get Eric. Get Eric in the ring. Let's go. If I remember correctly, there have been people, might have been Chris Jericho, I'm not sure, who have said that that the episode where the outlaws are knocking on the door and they contemplating opening the door and letting in. Some wrestler in WCW said that at that point, on the other side of the gate, were a bunch of WCW wrestlers ready to beat the shit out of them if they stepped in there. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard they like sent Ming to the door. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> all you have to do. All their asses. Yeah. An army but if of that fucking was like Bob during Nitro, like they totally should have let let them in. Oh they yeah, like, what the fuck would they would have done? They would have looked like, like that, fucking awkward. I don't think thing. it was. It definitely wasn't when the Nitro was going on. But if it was when like Nitro was on the air live, like they totally should have just let them come in. Yeah, yeah if, that, huge if that would have happened, I I would have quickly turned back over to TNT. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait a second. Like, they could have had Cactus Jack versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a bar by your death match on Raw. And I was like, wait, you're telling me DX are in the middle of WCW's ring and an army tank that's actually a Jeep? <laughs> Ming and Ming is killing them. Yeah, Ming is beating them up. Ming and the Barbarian. Ming and the Barbarian are just eating lunch right now. Oh, wait, they're eating DX. <laughs> Like, cause that would have been pretty bad. Like, the, the fucking big baby face DX just goes and gets their asses kicked. Honestly, yeah. I think it would have been funny if Bret Hart would have been the first one to open the game, just punch Triple H in the nose and leave. <laughs> Man, I yeah, wish I could live in that thing. universe. Or at least happen. you know, like Holland Nash come out and like talk to him or something. Like, how how there's no clips of that? Like, I refuse to refuse to believe that didn't happen. Oh, did oh, you know yeah. if, if that shit happened today? Like somebody would have been texted on a cell phone doing a fucking FaceTime. Like when Bull oh. Club showed up to an episode of Raw asking where Finn Balor is. Like, if, like, there's no way they didn't text him. I'd be like, hey, we're outside right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Fucking marks. <laughs> so, um, a couple other things I want to talk about before we wrap up here. One thing I want to talk about is your favorite match of all time, WCW? Cricket? Cricket? <laughs> I, guess I mean, I don't know. I'll go first. <laughs> Mine happened on an episode of Nitro. It is Sting versus Goldberg for the World Heavyweight title. This was the first match that Goldberg wrestled against sting and for the it was the first one he wrestled where it really seemed like he could lose because sting gave him everything and i don't know it's fucking crazy like sting wrestled his ass off in that match and almost beat goldberg he would have won the match he had the scorpion death lock locked in goldberg came close to tapping but hogan came out and hit um, hit Sting in the back of the head with some shit, and after that, Goldberg won. But that match happened on an episode of Nitro. It is a fucking fantastic match, and that is another instance where, uh, sorry, where it's a babyface versus a babyface, and the crowd is hotter for Sting than they are for Goldberg. And that happened a lot. Whenever Goldberg did babyface matches. He, you could tell he was not the most over guy in the company. No, definitely. Like a lot of those Goldberg chants, they were piped in. Yeah. Like there was a good, good bit of them were real because Goldberg was super over. I never liked Goldberg. Like, I don't know if it was because he was feuding with the NWO and I was such an NWO mark or what, but I never liked Goldberg. Like, I remember my friend had a Goldberg shirt, like the original, like just Goldberg. And then on the back, it said, Who's next? I'd be like, 
that's the stupidest fucking shirt ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 11. I was like, this is a dumbass shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> Who's next? I'm gonna rip that shirt off your back. That's his next. <laughs> you bitch. I was like, bro, he's just a he's just a rip off a of stone cold. <laughs> but it's it's like it's crazy though when you think about like how over Goldberg was, but how at the same time, in my opinion at least, he was never the guy in WCW. Like when he was the world champion, he was not the guy, he was just the champion. He was the guy that had the belt. He wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy out doing promotional shit for WCW. He wasn't main eventing all the shows, which granted that is likely because of like Hulk Hogan's creative control. Hell yeah, brother. But Goldberg was not, he was never built to be like the leader of WCW the same way that like Stone Cold Steve Austin was the leader of WWF. And do you agree or disagree? That feel, I mean, that does feel true. I mean, a, I mean, a lot of their problems were, and this has been talked about 10 million times, but a lot of the problems were the fact that Hogan and some of the old folks never truly gave up the, uh, the reins to the company. And Nash might, may or may not be included in that list yeah. of fellas at the same time. As much as we like to goof, laugh, and enjoy his work. Goldberg defeated Hulk Hogan for the world title on July 6th, 1998. Defended the title, the world title, again, July 13th, the next week. After that, did not defend the the title on TV for two weeks. Did not defend the title on pay-per-view until... Until... God damn. He did not defend <laughs> it on pay-per-view until Halloween Havoc, 1998. Way to build a star, guys. <laughs> His first pay-per-view with the title was Road Wild. And he was in a battle royal with Kurt Henning, Kevin Nash, Conan, Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Scott Norton, Sting, and The Giant, and won the match in 7 minutes and 58 seconds. What the hell was that? The NWO Invitational Battle Royal or something? I cannot remember. I think it was just like Oh no, his first match, his first pay-per-view match was Bash at the Beach. He beat Kurt Henning in three minutes and 50 seconds. We talked about that match earlier. But he, he didn't wrestle at Fall Brawl that year. I don't know why. Uh, he, like, he was the world champion, and they did not book him in matches. Like, he wrestled Scott Putsky. Like, he was the world champion. He was still doing these stupid squash matches against, like, Al Green, Scott Putsky, Rick Fowler. Like, he should have been in a fucking hey, don't you feud. disrespect the fucking good damn name of Rick Fowler? I don't give a shit. He should have been, a, like, Goldberg should have been in a feud, not just res- wrestling squash matches. Yeah, he should have killed all of WCW or something. I mean, uh, NWO or something. It's, 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 it's crazy. Goofy. That is goofy. Y'all goofy. That's goofy. I want to go second because I don't want to go last. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was debating about naming that old, ever so classic uh, Goldberg DDT ma- DDP match because it's it's good, but 
I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take it back a step and go back to one that I watched a while ago that I really enjoyed, which was the Starcade Vader and Ric Flair match. I think that match is pretty fun. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. It's where uh, like Ric Flair is like a face. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, just getting murdered by this giant monster. <laughs> I, I want to say he's, he's like, it's a retirement clause to do in the match or something. Yeah. It's a, it was a good one. Some some good Ric Flair baby face just bumping and selling for Vader. It's fun. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the greatest match of all time, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really like like if you watch the I think it's I think it's on the pay-per-view. I don't think it's just like Saturday night like build-up vignettes, but I think on the actual pay-per-view, if you watch it all, like it shows like Ric Flair like driving or riding the limousine to the like venue. And like mean jeans and the thing interviewing him the whole time, like it kind of cuts to it. Oh and man, like these baby baby face promos about trying to get the title or whatever. Oh shit, I never watched that. I'll have to watch. I'll check yeah, it out. I think it's like on the actual pay per view. It's like that. Nice. But uh, yeah, Vader. It, I love Vader in WCW. He was badass. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. He should have been champion of the world in like every fucking promotion he was in i mean he was yeah. in wcw at least i know but... but he never held the he never held the good belt yeah because rick flair took it mm-hmm. fucking damn who it. the hell does rick flair think he is damn it, flair. <laughs> yeah i just mean vader should have been like on top more obviously like it's just sad anyway that's that's my like out of nowhere pick that or like the uh the, like the the pre aforementioned like Eddie Ray Halloween Havoc '97 match that I talked about. That match is great. It's like super super short too. It's it's just action action action. <clears throat> yeah. Jesse, um, really, I don't think I have just one favorite WCW match because really a lot of the my favorite things in WCW when I was like have memory of watching it's just i I feel like the storylines were really amazing but like i I really like uh like the 92 war games match with uh fucking sting squad squadron and um what was their stupid that gimmick the fucking paul Heyman's team the dangerous dangerous alliance i kept wanting to think I kept wanting to say "living dangerously." Well, no, that's a pay per view. That's like my favorite War Games match. Uh, yeah, like the Eddie Ray match is good. Um, another really, really great match is a uh, freaking Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan at a Great American Bash. I think that was great. It was Great American Bash or yeah. Bash at the Beach? I'm not sure which one. I it think was. it was Great American Bash '96, yeah, where they like fought in the bathroom. Yeah, and Dusty Rhodes on commentary. There, the, the, there's a woman in the men's room. <laughs> uh, that and uh, fucking Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. All that good, all all their good matches. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about the the that trilogy yeah. of matches. Yeah, those <clears throat> are amazing. Yeah, uh, one that one one match I think is really good that nobody ever talks about is the fucking ladder match with Six and Eddie Guerrero. That was a great match. Yeah, that was really the only that match on that pay per view that didn't have a shitty finish. Oh, was that the yeah. sold the sold out match? Yeah, that was like yeah, the, the good match, match on the show. Oh, I did. I think I did watch that match. That match was cool. That pay per view yeah, was a disaster. Really was that the one that had the uh, 
like the hot the where Bish, bischoff brought out the, the the ladies to be like miss nwo yeah. or something and they were all just like middle-aged women yeah i don't know what was that that was so weird i mean no offense yeah. to those ladies rest in peace many of them i'm sure because 25 years <laughs> but um they they weren't even like i don't know man I, I hate to be mean about this but they they weren't even like hot moms or whatever like they were just yeah, like really strange you would think they would have brought like strippers or something yeah no, they were just like, like model. normal like looking it. folks they weren't even like like they were trying ugly. to be funny but I, I don't i don't understand i never understood that it was so weird but they played yeah. it so straight too there wasn't any like yeah. hee hee ha ha these ladies are secretly not hot or whatever they played it like yeah. i don't know it's so weird yeah, it's super super duper weird strange strange never segment. understood that i like how the entrance ramp thing was it was like a big stare yeah I, yeah that was cool i always thought that was kind of cool so you know earlier we talked about rick rude retiring super early yeah bless his heart um another guy who was forced to retire super early because of injury who i didn't know for years wasn't actually russian until literally a few days ago is nikita koloff <laughs> yeah it's from like minnesota or something yeah, yeah, right? he's like from minnesota <laughs> but he had to retire in 1992 because of a herniated disc after receiving a stiff clothesline to the head from vader oh shit <clears throat> he only wrestled for eight years that's crazy Man, that is crazy them damn russians they were some nasty heels boy <laughs> they were some nasty heels he he was fucking great too. Like he had a great look. He was like intimidating as shit. Yeah, and Nikita Koloff was was uh, was actually really good. Yeah, and he was a part of uh, Sting's uh, squadron. Yeah, it must have been one of his like uh, last things he got to do. One of his uh, last big things. Close. Uh, that match actually didn't happen at Fall Brawl. No, that was at like Wrestle War. Yeah, like shit. in like June of 1992. Like Fall Broad wasn't a thing until 93. So before we wrap up, there's one last thing I wanted to do, and it's a word association, but we're calling this a title association. I want you guys to tell me the first first wrestler that comes to your head when you hear these uh, these belts, okay? And Jesse, you go first, or Colt, you want to go first? We can take turns. If you're going to yeah, do we'll, different yeah. belts, we'll alternate going first. Well, yeah. Colt, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, mm-hmm. Colt, TV. Uh, like Benoit, maybe? <laughs> did he Man who, to, I don't think he ever did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Van Dam is my, was the other thing that came to my mind, but he never won at WCW. Yeah. Yes, the I don't think I could name any TV champions in WCW. That's embarrassing. Uh, U.S. Oh, that no, one I I, 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 now I get to pick my TV champion, dummy. Yeah. Jeez, right. you don't come, can't even do your game right, bro. I, I am. I'm, I'm not. It's not like a fucking draft pick here. No, I'm just saying. I, I want to. I want a chance to say who I think of when you take the title. Okay. Arn Anderson. Well, then can I say who I think of? Yeah. Who do you think of? Booker T. Okay, nice. Not as good as Arn Anderson, but you know. I know better. Better at uh, I don't know exactly what, but okay. Robbing boats. 
That's what I was going to say, going to jail. Um, United States Championship, Colt, who do you think of? I was going to go with Booker for that one. Jesse? Uh, Sting, like, popped in my head. It, like, he's the first one that popped in my head right there was Sting. Same here. Sting <laughs> for me also. Cruiserweight. Also Raven. Raven also popped into my head, too. Mm. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Colt, cruiserweight. Cruiserweight. I mean, definitely like Ray, Ray Mysterio. And then secondarily followed up with Jericho. Jesse? Uh, yeah, Ray pops in my head first and then Jericho too. But since that's exactly like Colt, my <laughs> third one that popped in my head was a Hooventude. All right, well, I'm going to go with Ray because that was the first one. <laughs> For me, it's Dimalenko. And the next on the list is the Hardcore Championship. <laughs> Colt. Uh, all right. Let's see. I'm gonna go with Vampiro. <laughs> I don't know. I, really, I was gonna say Hardcore Hack or like Mike Awesome, but then I I couldn't remember if Mike Awesome ever won it. None of the three people you named ever held it. Are you for real? That can't be true. <laughs> It's All right, true. then one half of the nasty boys or some shit like that. Oh no, you said yeah, vampire knobs, baby. Yeah, you I didn't say vampire. Yeah, Jesse. The best thing that came from the hardcore division, I think you said something earlier, but that wasn't it. The best thing that came from the hardcore division was Norman freaking Smiley. I thought you were gonna say Lance Storm. No, when he would put he put like the shoulder pads on and the helmet. In the, in the match with like Ning and he was like running from Ming backstage. <laughs> See, screaming. For me, I think of Ming. Ming's good too. And I think of Ming because I, that was a perfect title for him, the same way that the hardcore title was a perfect title for Steve Blackman. And then the hardcore division WCW ended when Ming debuted or returned at the Royal Rumble 2001. He was the Which hardcore so champion funny. at the time. And then after that, they were just never mentioned the belt on WCW again. It, it's a shame. Like, Ming really wasn't a, necessarily a jobber in WCW. But he was, like, super low, low-card, like, tag team guy. Yeah. He definitely was. I, I cannot explain why that would be. Maybe, like, I mean, maybe he couldn't <clears throat> cut promos for shit. I mean, still, they could... Like the faces of fear. Did they ever even win the world tag titles? I don't think they did. Uh, I don't like, you think, would think so. they would have. But that was two badass motherfuckers. How did they not beat like the nasty boys and win the tag titles? <clears throat> I don't or know. That, or they should have had some kind of run with them. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. They definitely should have. <clears throat> yeah, they never held. Uh... Tragic. He only oh, held right. the hardcore title. The only titles he's ever held in like a national big deal level are the tag titles in Dirt of UF with Andre the Giant and the hardcore title. <clears throat> that sucks. Last, or not last, <clears throat> uh, the tag team championships. Who do you think of, Colt? Harlem Heat or the Steiner Brothers. <laughs> I'm going Harlem uh, Heat. I would go Harlem Heat first and Steiner Brothers second also. All right. That makes it a clean sweep. Harlem <clears throat> Heat. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Last but not least is the world championship. Who do you think of Colt? Oh man, Hogan with the his spray paint and you get playing the guitar on it. I mean it's an easy, it's an iconic image. <clears throat> Jesse. Uh Rick Flair. That is who I think of also. I cannot picture almost that said, title. Almost said Dusty. Almost said Dusty. But uh, Rick Flair. I cannot picture the uh, big gold belt unless I'm picturing it around Rick Flair's waist or around Rick Rude's waist because it looked good on Rick Rude also. Yeah. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that, that does it for week one of WCW. Next oh. week. Oh, what? No, I was going to say, before we go, I just want to throw two things out there real fast that I wanted to get out. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Technical jerk difficulties. My, jerk my fucking headset out. I got so excited. Uh, <laughs> when we were naming the fucking who did WCW blow it with the best, I'm shocked that uh, none of us said stunning Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think him because... I thought about saying him. <clears throat> he... He didn't get that. If if he wouldn't have gotten fired, he wouldn't have been Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, no, but he was he was still good. And I don't like, mean that. I, in, I don't mean more... that in the sense that like WCW would never have given him that gimmick. I mean that in the sense that like, his promo was in ECW. Yeah, but he yeah, was a, he was a fucking amazing technical wrestler in WCW. Yo, and shout out to all the people that are like, oh, these ex-WWE guys, they go to AEW and just talk bad about WWE, and it's so stupid. And all they do is go on Jericho's podcast and badmouth Vince. But then they'll be like, oh, my God, Stone Cold's promos in ECW when he was shit-talking Bischoff was so cool. That was the best shit ever. Yeah. I'll say this. Oh, man. I have never, since I was like eight years old and I first saw that, that promo, one of the Stone Cold's promos for the first time. Since that day, I have rarely ever climbed a ladder and looked at whoever's near me and, and said, and not said, they never let me climb the ladder like this in WCW, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm batting like a fucking like an 1% of someone who laughs. <laughs> most of the time everyone's like what are you talking about <laughs> look at you like you're fucking crazy Todd, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like i quote that promo so much in my life and i quote him his dusty impression when he goes no baby that's for somebody else <laughs> so much <laughs> oh man still stunning steve I was a big Johnny B. Bad fan too. That's somebody around at the occasion saw some matches. <laughs> well, for, yeah. for $500, we can talk to him. Yeah, I don't need to talk to him. <laughs> like, Johnny B. Bad was on the opening match of like 19 pay per views. Yeah. And they were all amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't seen all of them. I saw like two. They were pretty I good. Was like, yeah, and, I, I like <laughs> this guy. I didn't, I didn't realize he was Mark Miro. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I wanted to just bring up really fast i meant to bring it up earlier when colt was talking about the last nitro when she, i always thought this was the funny funny ass story when uh shane mcmahon and uh bruce pritchard went to nitro they brought gerald briscoe with them in case anybody tried to do anything to him that's amazing <laughs> it's got <laughs> shoot on him 
do they bring these bodyguards, these like six foot eight tall bodyguards? No, they bring like a 58 year old man with them to kick everybody's ass. Yeah, I would have been afraid of, of Joe Briscoe. I mean, I, I would, I would have too. I just I always thought that was fucking funny. That's awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Briscoe would have been better security for WCW than Doug Dillinger. <laughs> hey, Doug Dillinger was uh, making Georgia's finest. Doug Dillinger was in WCW Mayhem as a playable character. Man. Speaking of video games, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about WCW video games. Hell yeah. We were going to try to do something special with that episode, but I do not think it's going to happen. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking WCW video games next week. So, with that being said, this episode is over because it is almost 1230 a.m. Yeah. And I have a boy to take care of in the morning. Boy. So, so with that being said, for Armbar, the 1004th WCW podcast, I am Todd Suliano. Uh, with Colt, just Colt Dixon. No, I have a fancy outro for myself. <laughs> uh, Jesse, the body, Matthews, and a happy belated birthday to Colt Dixon. Oh, yeah. Thank you. last week to tell him, but yeah. I appreciate it. What'd you get him? I gave him a nice bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go did. drink some of the whiskey with him, so he don't. Yeah, hell yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see all you <clears throat> cool kids next week.